The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hi, this is Ashley Eckstein, the voice of Ahsoka Tano from Star Wars, and you're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you. You're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars episode 88. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always. Hey everyone, I'm Mike Creevy, filling in for Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Just a reminder, you can get your own official Secrets of Star Wars t-shirt, I've got mine on, as usual, or coffee mugs, stickers, magnets, uh, all that wonderful merch that encapsulates our philosophy of finding hope in a galaxy far, far away. Available in various styles and sizes, get your shirt at sqpn.com slash merch. Also, uh, don't forget, we have a new way to join StarQuest Fan Club mailing list. Simply text STARQUEST to 66866. Again, text StarQuest, all one word, 266866. I don't think that is a mistake that that's our number, but a lot of 666s in there, <laughs> Star Wars fans. Just a reminder to please be sure to share the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. It also helps to get us seen by more people who would be interested in listening to our show. So today, we're discussing the 15th episode of The Bad Batch, Return to Camino, which also happens to be part one of the two-part season one finale. The official description reads, The Bad Batch find themselves in unexpected territory in this thrilling finale. So joining me tonight to unpack this finale, first half are, first off, Angela Cialana. Hello, Angela. Hi there. Good to be here. Great to have you. And second up, Thomas Sanjurjo. How are you doing, Thomas? It's good to be here. Doing well. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, and we're, um, we're going to dive right in here pretty, pretty quick, I think, to this, because there's a lot to unpack. Uh, but I do want to just mention, as we start off our recurring ham solo deli segment, I, uh, this was a teaser for the audience last week, because, of course, I couldn't uh, be on the show. And I know listening into um, uh, Angela and Father on last week, I know you guys kind of teased this so i think you did share correct me if i'm wrong angela you shared that mace windu was the name i went with was that was that correct uh, i think i, I think, think that yeah. was announced yeah yes there but, was but what <clears throat> the reason is long story short the day before that uh i was with my some of my family members at a uh this like uh, music festival and then right next door there was like this this uh, kind of not a pawn shop but it was like a all kinds of weird gizmos and gadgets and stuff and this guy's kind of a picker he runs the place so there's like stuff for your yard and and you know whatever but he has all this memorabilia and he had shelf after shelf of like star wars action figures like carded episode one action figures nice and i'm like okay mm. i gotta take a look at these so sure enough and these this is great so these i got two these are uh they're copyrighted 1998. So I'm thinking this is like the Christmas release of action figures right before Phantom Menace right. rolled out. Yeah. Because Phantom Menace isn't even on the car. It's just a Star Wars episode one. It's got the KB toys stickers on them, like oh the old gosh. price tags. <laughs> but, here, but here's the thing. So Mace Windu, I'm holding up for them to see Mace Windu with a blue lightsaber. Oh. Okay. Oh. And then Ki I always <laughs> know if I'm pronouncing the name right. Kiati Mundi or Kiati Mundi uh -huh. with a purple lightsaber. <laughs> interesting <laughs> so, so i'm i'm a little optimistic and, and i i was acting like i found a gold mine i think the guy just thought it was weird i was like yeah i'm just gonna just gonna get these and i leaned over to like my wife as he's he's i was like hun it's the wrong lightsaber colors it's like these are gonna be like you know someone's gonna like buy this for like a hundred thousand dollars you know so we'll see. yeah we'll we'll see what happens with that but i thought that was pretty cool so that was the story and then the only other one i want to add and this is the tie-in as we kick off this week's episode is of course um well two things we went to chick-fil-a and ordered as princess leia but they typed it in as leah <laughs> Oh, which made me think of made me think of Tarkin. Still... <laughs> <laughs> and then this was uh, this was yesterday. Jedi Master Sifo Dyas. 
of course, who is whoop, there it is, who features prominently in this whole Camino right uh, arc right from yeah. the get go. So, um, so let's just let's just jump here uh, right in. If you guys are ready to roll, I, I want to unpack it. You know, so what were your guys' overall just sort of first impressions of this episode? Anything that really just out the gate was was on your mind? Utter bewilderment <laughs> <laughs> at the end. Um. A lot of character development moments mm-hmm. that were earned. Yes, yes. Um, mm. And yeah, and uh, also, you know, I know we'll talk about all that, but um, just overall beautiful scenes. I mean, just the graphics on this mm-hmm. were gorgeous, uh, especially on Camino. You know, the the water and the lighting, fantastic. Um, the music, uh, Mike and I were talking a little bit before we started recording about just the all the hails back to the prequels Mm -hmm. that we heard. Um, Just overall, I thought it was an impressive, well done first part to this finale. And I'm so looking forward to the next week's Mm -hmm. uh, episode. The cinematography is amazing. And it's it's one of those things that I I know that Dave Filoni has been pushing the envelope in the animation department to really get the cinematography down and make it a, a movie quality animation and this just illustrated that so well all of the following shots uh you know the establishing moments the lighting the the mood to everything the way that they angled stuff the camera work was incredible and props to to the camera guys because it's easy and i think i think a lot of people think of animation is so easy because like you know you just you throw the camera wherever you want to but the the real issue is is knowing the cinematography well enough to know when not to just throw the camera wherever you want to and to actually right. put it somewhere that makes it feel a certain way. So yeah, excellent. The storytelling. That. Yeah. I think that, and that's a great point too, just because I was just noticing, I watched it again tonight and uh, like there's one scene in the cockpit on the Havoc Marauder where they're talking and like echoes in the foreground and he's a little defocused and they have the focus past him on tech. And I'm like, that's, that's on purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it seems obvious, but it's like that little detail that, you know, you don't notice the first time around specifically you just, because it's just it's it's mimicking or, or it's it's duplicating what real camera <laughs> you know sort of operations produce. And, and it's yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> well, tell you, let's get into the the plot summary here. And then uh, uh, wherever if you guys just want to I've got a couple places I'm thinking we could break out. But there's so many things, you know, if you want to take a little sidebar, please feel free to. But so before we get started, to, one thing I wanted to did you, did you guys talk about the, the stormtrooper? Uh, outfits last week because I, I missed last week and that's where the first tks show up right is in the is right. in last week's i mean episode. we didn't get into it in detail so, so those are ralph McQuarrie's original designs for stormtrooper right. armor, oh, which nice. is so yeah. cool i was seeing those i was like oh that's so awesome they're on screen so that's the prototype <laughs> is really like ralph McQuarrie's art prototyped for the uh the tk units was that like and you know how like the 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 like the top is a little more domed and it kind of like like um uh, kind of tapers out almost it's, it's almost like a very subtle vader-esque kind of mm-hmm. thing yeah. i kind of was getting off that so that's pretty cool yeah yeah that's that's so where, cool that's where all that art was that i just i was seeing so much of the art like pop out in this one it was really neat and i think correct me if i'm wrong but some didn't that like maybe certainly with vader's helmet i know but there, there were certain uh like samurai aspects i think to that that he incorporated didn't he yes yeah that's that's okay. a lot of what lucas wanted was just because yeah. because of the jedi samurai connection he wanted that right. samurai connection even with the uh the stormtroopers that's awesome huh well um so yeah well getting into the episode itself here so we we pick right up where we left off last week um hunter is captive on board this uh shuttle under under armed guard crosshair comes in they have a little uh you know exchange and uh we have crosshair turning on hunter's uh comm device you know, and basically uh, saying they're going to they're going to come for you. you know, like Hunter's kind of not so sure about it. He's hoping that they'll stay away. Crosshair's confident that they're going to come for him. Uh, and then we get to our uh, the rest of the Bad Batchers on Ord Mantell. There were some funny exchanges here, I thought. Um, but uh, what do you guys say? I want to ask you this right up front. Um, what do you think about where we picked up with Omega in terms of her? Just just how they handled her kind of emotional connection to Hunter, her anticipation here for this mission. I think, like I said at the beginning, um, that her character development was earned because we see in this episode that she's concerned. She has anxiety, um, you know, like 
as is we've seen is typical for her in particular, um, but also because she is a child <laughs> um, and she's a very caring child. But at the same time, um, I think there's a certain moment where she realizes, okay, we're going back to Camino. I have information that can help actually save Hunter that she really steps up into that leadership role. And we see her kind of put aside the, that anxiety more so and focus on her mission, like as a strategist, as we've seen that she can be. So, you know, I, I thought that was very fitting and um, also very exciting because we get to see the growth of this character into what she could become, you know, in, in future um, programs. Yeah, and I, I really like the fact that Hunter has very clearly been the leader the whole time, right? And and so anytime you go into a mission, yes, they all have their own specialties. Yes, they all take the lead when it's time for them to take the lead. But the strategist, the guy who's directing the whole show, is Hunter. And right. now he's gone. And, yeah. and you feel that void almost immediately. As soon as as soon as he falls off the the ridge in the last episode, when they're when they're trying to get away, you feel the absence of that clear direction of what we need to do next. And it, it picks up right in this episode, right there. And seeing Omega step into that role is so cool because you really do see her. And it's almost like they give her some Hunter esque. Uh, shots yeah. right when the the rain on Camino when she turns around and her hair is all kind of the like hair, messy yep. in her face and stuff. It's like. Yep, that's 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 the hunter coming through right there. <laughs> yep. And I was and coupled with I know because Angela mentioned, I think, at the end of last week's episode, that cute little moment of her kind of mimicking him with her tool when he's playing with his right. knife, you know, like that yeah. <laughs> little little foreshadowing there. Um, but they, of course, um, uh, finish preparing the ship, getting it ready to go. I love that little, you know, quip that uh, Wrecker makes when he gets on. He's like, you know, yeah, I left Gregor with Sid. And she's not happy about that. <laughs> you can just imagine you know, Gregor with his sort of bizarre, you know, personality or his sense of humor <laughs> kind of being there. So uh, that's that was a fun little, you know, tying up of that loop. So um, so they head to Camino, uh, to, of course, discovering from the comm device uh, being activated that Hunter is no longer on uh, Daro. Uh, they get to Camino. It's very lightly guarded. Wrecker's not too worried about that. You know, it's one less thing to worry about. Right. And as they're approaching uh, Topoca City, there's this really interesting, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? This little mystery, right? You know, Omega is leading them to these special coordinates, you know, so there's something, something she knows about. She has um, tech lower. The shuttle keeps lowering farther and farther. He says, if I have to lower, if I have to go any, any lower, we're going to go into the water. And then all of a sudden up pops this hidden platform. Um, and then I, I just want to ask you guys about this sequence in a second here, but they basically, you know, offload. Uh, she gets them onto this really cool, sub sort of um not subterranean what would it be i just lost the submarine uh tunnel mm -hmm. system that's not on any records uh echo comments to tech you know well the kaminoans have a lot of secrets um and that's when omega reveals that this is the tunnel the system that goes specifically to uh Nalise's secret research laboratory so what were you guys kind of thinking in this whole scene were, were you expecting something like this I wasn't expecting it, but I was super like just nerding out yeah, because same. I've always loved the the tube systems yeah. um, in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, just to be able to, you know, kind of learn new information about yeah. Topoka City, too. I mean, right. this was too cool, you yeah. know, and she said it was a secret. Nobody else knew about it. Uh, very few in Camino knew that the lab existed. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I was just thrilled. I, I, my only my only thing was I was wondering why why don't you just put the platform underwater? I mean, if it's a if it's a a space worthy ship, mm. don't you just like dump it under the water and it'd be like yeah, no big deal, right? Just <laughs> go in. I mean, everything's working on repulsor lifts anyway, right? Just right. Turn the repulsor lifts on, come back up out of the water. We're good. <laughs> so I was watching that. I was like, huh. I mean. <laughs> why is everybody bothered by this sounds sounds logical to me let's go <laughs> well even that i was just thinking that that uh, uh mon calamari uh, uh dock worker right? wasn't too worried when mando landed his ship and it just <laughs> fell into the water he's like uh, i'll get it out <laughs> no big deal right? no big deal so they they of course come out into the secret laboratory and uh that was very interesting obviously they didn't know anything about this and um i, I don't know it was tough for me to read even tonight watching it another time omega's 
feelings about it because echo asks her when they're on their way in like if are you okay and she's like you know it's nothing you know getting hunters all that matters so i was almost imagining not more like of a trauma but she did seem a little i don't know why she exactly she was off put you know so i don't know if you guys picked up on any of that because of course what she reveals is this is the lab that uh basically they were all created in you know this that the bad batch was created in and that they're uh, mutations were honed or whatever the case was before they were sent to be with the other clones. And this is where we'll have to see what they reveal more here. But she makes that comment. She, you know, I was here, you know, and uh, so we're, we're, does that mean she's like, is she like we were saying before the show? Like, is she older than them? Was she aged? That's where I can't remember exactly. Well, she, she doesn't just say not. I was here. She says we were here. And and that's and that, and it's a big difference to say right. just, I were I was here versus we were here because it seems to imply that they were all there together at the same time, and so you know we, and we, we you know we were trying to trying to play timelines beforehand like okay how, how does this work how does this work so so assuming that she's twelve maybe thirteen years old it fits the timeline if Clone Force ninety nine was made towards the beginning of the clone stuff because by the time. Obi-Wan, you know, Mike, you were saying by the time Obi-Wan gets to Kamino, it's been going on for 10 years so that they could have uh, created the clones and then aged them uh, with technology to the, the appropriate age to be soldiers. Uh, but it seems like perhaps the rest of Clone Force 99 was aged, but Omega wasn't. So they all came from the same batch, which is something that's a surprise. That's, the, that's new information for all of us. And so I'm, I'm running with that. I think that's a great yeah that's a great take on it yeah i mean i'm i'm also wondering maybe she was she was created see i don't know if she was created maybe before or after them because we have theorized that she was possibly um all of their enhancements were somehow um added up or mm-hmm. you know that she was basically the the sum of all of them right. um because she is called Omega, I mean, just the fact that she was second after Alpha, I don't know if that's the only reason why she was called Omega, maybe so. But, um, you know, I just, I do wonder if her enhancement, I mean, maybe it is something completely different from the rest of Clone Force 99, or maybe all of their enhancements were somehow infused or whatever you want to say into her being um somehow i don't know it's just it's just a theory but um yeah i was also wondering because she really like you were saying mike she really kind of had this thought i think it was because she was talking about nalase and i wonder if um and they did a very close connection we've seen yeah yeah like what is happening to nalase i wonder if that's going through her mind oh yeah because she's kind of she's been known i mean even before she actually left in the first place she left camino she knew that there was something bad going on that she wasn't comfortable with and now that all of this is happening you know she isn't privy to exactly what has been happening on the planet with the empire and so forth. But you got to wonder, you know, I mean, another theory we've had is maybe she's hypersensitive in terms of like psychic energy or whatever you want to say that she is more like in tune with emotions or um, intentions or something like that. So maybe she's getting some kind of, you know, it's not maybe it's not force related, but some kind of feeling of what's going on um, or what's happened to Nalase. I don't know. Um, obviously, she's going to Nalase's lab, but maybe she's going there and saying, you know what? I don't expect Nalase to be there. Um, you know, so that could be it, too. And worried about her because, of course, she knows Tanwi's fate and, you know, yes, doesn't know. Well, she doesn't know the fate of uh, who's the one I'm forgetting. Gosh, the prime minister, uh, Lama Su, right? Mm-hmm. I think they they deliberately tricked me with their names a little bit, but <laughs> I can usually keep them straight. But but of course, I mean, so while this is going on, we also have this you know movement of hunter, you know this this developing plan of crosshairs. You know, uh, we have the encounter with um, Admiral Rampart, and, and you know the uh, uh, just this dismissive, you know, I leave this to you, Commander, kind of thing. So we don't know exactly what crosshairs plan is, but. You know, Rampart is, you know, he's clearing out 
the city. It's pretty obvious what they're about to do, you know, and he's just going to let him kind of solve this. And then he does um, indicate to one of these elite troopers that's with Crosshair, who really doesn't really trust Crosshair all that much, uh, expresses concern about, you know, the commander's plan. And Rampart just makes that comment, you know, essentially that if the plan fails, they're all going to die anyway. You know, so he doesn't really it's 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 barely a blip on his his day's agenda you know so so he you know he of course heads out uh hunter keeps trying to appeal to crosshair which i know we've been you know waiting for this for a long time you know is 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 crosshair still redeemable and angel this might have been a, a little bit of what you were saying too about these these earned kind of character developments cuz i from when you said that i immediately thought of crosshair cuz this whole season i've just been like he's this snake and i don't care about him and all of a sudden <laughs> i'm like oh man i Oh, I care. You know? Right. <laughs> so his, his, uh, when he says to Hunter, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this as well. Um, just maybe real quick thoughts on this. When he says, uh, Hunter says to him that basically, you know, you're next, right? I'm paraphrasing. You know, don't you see what's going on here? They're just going to use you. And he says that they're just phasing out clones and Crosshair points the gun at Hunter and says, not the ones that matter. You know, so he's, he's one that matters. Well, this and, is where see this is and we don't even get the sense there. Yeah, we don't even get the sense there of what his full plan is. Like that moment well, right. you, until you watch it a second time and you go, <laughs> "Oh, wait, what he means is that they they matter." Like he's collectively mm-hmm. trying to loop in Clone Force 99, right? right? And Cuz at the time uh, that's my note I wrote was Crosshair's only skill is marksmanship, which is a great skill. But I'm I'm just like, "Dude, you're not like you're just a great you're shot. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to downplay that, but they don't, they can get better shots than you. Uh, although it could be argued that 20 years from now, sure heck looks like they didn't, you know, but um, yeah. TK troopers, you know, even the joke that Mando makes uh, to, um, Oh, Bill Burr's character, right. To, to Mayfeld. They say he was a, he was a sharpshooter and he's like, that's supposed to scare me or whatever. So it's not even respected, but, but what, yeah. So uh, what do you guys, think about this this like this maybe as a whole this kind of back and forth between hunter and crosshair that really starts to ensue here in these next few scenes i like it because it harkens back to vader and um you know that's that's what i really felt yeah. uh like initially you don't realize it and that's that it was beautiful because it was so subtle and i think that's part of the earned yeah nature of it is that you're we're still not in crosshair's head until that scene in the training room later on where they where he's like mm. no 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 you guys join up let's do this together and it's like whoa wait a minute he's got that um, he's he's resisting the empire in that sense that he still has a family connection to them and he doesn't want to yeah. just kill him you know and in and, and that that moment when he tells hunter later you know if you if I wanted you dead you'd be dead Right, but and he he's appealing to that family thing. Where before, it's always yeah. been about the, about the mission before, but this is the mm-hmm. most I think familial, mm-hmm. like th- that he's actually expressed. Like he he didn't seem like he fit in, you know, even at the beginning yeah. of of this season. So that yeah, I saw I noticed that too. Yeah, and and he's talking about being really hurt about the fact that they left him, and that was so like I mean it was t- it was it was tough watching it because he, he he they've built him up as such a great bad guy over the course of this season that now you're like ah. He wanted them to like, like, what were they supposed to do? How were they supposed to right. to solve that right. issue at the time? But apparently, he wanted that. And and you know, having having gone through a lot of spots in my life, especially going through a depression, when like you know, male depression is very different than female depression, and that's uh, something that that we discovered in our relationship, where I was angry. Like that was my my the the emotion that welled up in me was was an unreasonable almost anger, and through that i remember like crying out for help like but my help crying was like you know getting angry and getting upset about things and 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 mm. it, so i i really that that character moment for me was really impactful because i've been there you know i, I know what he's talking mm-hmm. about like i don't really have a full sense of what i'm what's going on here but you guys are the only ones that can help me and yeah i'm hunting you but you're the only ones that can help me <laughs> yeah. yeah that's what's so tragic about his character mm-hmm. Is that, um, you know, even when he's telling, you know, Hunter, it's like, oh, and you had a, you had a choice. It's like, oh, I, I did, you know, like I didn't have a choice. He, he knew he didn't have a choice at a certain point. And that was why it was even more tragic when we realize how abandoned he felt, you know, that 
that they, in fact, abandoned someone who was a slave to the empire. And, (laughs) you know, that's kind of it's Hunter keeps insisting, you know, you don't understand what we're about. But I think Crosshair has a point, too. I mean, the 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 point that Crosshair makes from the very first line of this episode is that they're going to come for him because that's what they do. That's who they believe that they are, is they're a unit and they belong together. And that's what hurts even more is that they didn't come for me when I didn't have a choice. So, oh, gosh, it was fantastic. Well, and that's, you know, <clears throat> then we, we do cut back, of course, to seeing the other guys and Omega. Um, the, and I, I failed to mention my bad. This, this character, I can't leave him out because I, I, we were trying to remember his full designation. Uh, but AZ, right? The droid, uh, Omega's friend from those early episodes. And actually, let me let me just get it quick because we we talked about this earlier. Here it is. Is it AZ1 or AZI? We're not sure about that, but dash 34521189624649872134747. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that scene now. I had forgotten that from early on when he starts rattling that off. And they're like, this is yeah. AZ. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was that's fun. He gets roped in. I think all of us who are, of course, excited <laughs> to hear the news of season two being announced are hoping that... Uh, I think he and Gonky will be a great droid pair. Hopefully, if everybody <laughs> makes it, we'll see. But um, so they get to the bay underneath the training room and um, uh, Tech and Echo and Wrecker jump up on the, the lift. The plan is to go up right in the middle, uh, which supposedly Crosshair's not going to be expecting that. They tell Omega if there's any issues, they'll contact her. She can contact Rex. So she stays below. They come up on the lift and lo and behold, they're completely surrounded by troopers <laughs> and, and uh, Hunter and... Uh, and uh, Crosshair, who, of course, expected this move. So then we get a lot of this, this more unpacking that we've already kind of talked about a little bit of, of um, this really tense moment. Um, and I got to say, I, I didn't immediately remember what these little mirror things were. Mm-hmm. Right. So as Crosshair's talking and you just see tech, he looks over, sees this mirror, kind of nudges Wrecker. And then in this surprise moment to, you know, demonstrate that, that he's serious and wants to talk. Crosshair blasts all of the troopers with one shot, <laughs> uh, ricocheting around the room expertly, as uh, he is, uh, of course, very good at doing. So, um, so we do have this this tense moment, this this invitation. That's very. Did you guys get a, a again like a Vader vibe, oh, like yeah. the appeal to Luke? <laughs> yes, but but without yeah, it, just copying it. <laughs> right, exactly. Join the Empire, yeah. you know. But and just on that point too, it's like um, just this idea of. I found it so interesting. He actually, um, he orders and we're kind of like, you know, I mean, the order of the events is a little bit, you know, but we've all seen it by this point, but he orders that Omega be sent off world on a shuttle for her own good. And I thought that was so interesting too. I didn't expect that. Um, right. Because he's making an appeal to Hunter that, you know, they should join the empire. Well, what are they going to do with her, right? Like, she's not going to just enlist and join the Empire, um, he assumes, I guess. Uh, but also this idea of uh, trying to be something that you're not. That's what he's telling Hunter. Like, you know, you're, you're don't try to be something you're not, i.e. a parent, I guess, mm. you know, or a guardian. Um, you're, you're a soldier, you know, is essentially what he's saying, right? And to me, it was interesting because it was almost like Crosshair, you know, obviously we sympathize with him or we empathize with him. But at the same time, he has this narrow concept of himself as a soldier. And I think the rest of Clone Force 99 has kind of like their idea of who they are has expanded while Crosshairs has remained essentially the same. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, I think, why... You know, his, as you were saying, you know, Thomas, his, his depression, his, his abandonment is also sad because Mm -hmm. he, he's just stuck in this place. And even, you know, we, we know he's gotten his chip removed and everything, and we'll talk about that. But this idea that, you know, he's still there. Um, And he, he's like, you know, you guys need to do this too, because this is who you are. And so I, in terms of the character development, I also saw this as a character development moment where we realize 
how much the rest of Clone Force 99 has grown in terms of their self-identity and self-concept. They, and they've, they've broadened out. And, and I think it's, it's cool to like, I, this, the, the, the lit nerd in me is like, okay, he's crosshair, right? So he's, he focuses in, he eliminates distractions, focuses in, closes in on a single target, right? And he's done exactly. that with, with his emotional state, right? His emotional state is, no, I am a soldier. That's, that's who I am. I'm going to focus on that one thing and eliminate all the other things that distract me. And, and his, his moment here is, I, I want to eliminate the rest of the team or bring them into the same focus, right? I don't, I, we need to all be together or I need to be completely separated from them. And it, it feels like he's pushing that so hard here because he wants some finality to it he wants some kind of conclusion to this moment and he wants it to be them with him but at the same time he's Mm -hmm. willing to to push it over that other boundary as well it's so many good points i i'm i it's amazing what's weird what came to mind was um trying to find the actor's name so i don't forget i I think i have it right but i don't want to misquote yeah that's it uh i don't know if you guys saw came out a good 10 years ago or so but the Pius Twelfth movie, like kind of a bio movie about him, like Ignatius Press, I want to say one of those, or, or yeah, because I think it wasn't like an overly dubbed one, because some, <laughs> some of them are, um, but it was, there was a scene where it's James Cromwell um, playing Pius Twelfth, and he does a pretty good job, I think, and there's one scene I remember pretty vividly where this this Nazi higher up of some sort, some soldiers kind of having these meetings with him, sometimes putting pressure on him, whatever. And, you know, the kind of this very cool, you know, uh, sophisticated kind of thing Not you know, not quite to the level of Christoph Waltz or anything, but, but that kind of, you know, that kind of, um, uh, attitude. And he, he says something like in response to Pius XII, who's been kind of quiet in the scene and very just gentlemanly with him and he says something like he just responds like oh, blah 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 you know i'm a soldier and it's that dismissive kind of rattling that off um and the scene it happens so quick it kind of makes it made me like jump in my seat the way it's acted because cromwell just shouts like out of nowhere like interrupts him as soon as he says that he's like no and like slams the table he's like you're a man you know and corners him on this like you are a child like you know the what you are, who you are, is so much bigger than this thing you, you're turning yourself into. You know, that mm-hmm. you've boxed yourself into this ideology of, of sick, repulsive hatred, like whatever it is. Like you've completely lost sight. And that's, I thought of that right away when you mentioned that, Tom, so that you have this with Crosshair, the same kind of thing of like, you, you got to open your eyes a bit here, pal. <laughs> Let's see, see that bigger picture. Um, but that's, and that's, of course, maybe I can open it up to this <clears throat> because that's when he reveals this big thing. Cause Hunter addresses that, right? Like it's your chip, right? Cause he's seen it too. Like it's just the chip, but apparently it's a little more complicated than that too. Cause that's when Crosshair says I had my chip removed a long time ago. It doesn't say when. And that's when I wrote in my notes right away. I was like, is this Bad Batch's equivalent of Vader's ESB reveal? So that's what it felt like to me a little bit like this whole time. Every week I'm saying just knock crosshair out like like wrecker. Knock him out with the butt of your rifle. Take the chip out like like let's wreck this thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it's fixed. So what did you guys think about that reveal? It really it just fit so well with the character like that. His he is choosing and and it fits with the story of like the TKs, right? What what the Empire wants is loyal subjects that have voluntarily offered themselves. And he he has seen that, right? He and we, we get that sense from the first interaction that he has with uh with Hunter in this one where he says, you know, not the not the clones that matter. But because what he's saying is I've seen the way things are going and I've fixed that problem. I took the chip out and I swore my loyalty. And so I, I've already fixed that problem. I get to continue being the soldier that I am. Uh, and I'm serving the empire and the empire was the Republic. There's no difference in his mind, right? There's just, there's no difference between the two. It's just a continuation of the same thing. It's the, it's the, the eternal war that he has signed up to be a part of. Yeah. And from a story perspective, it's, it's gold really, because the the story (laughs) team has led us along to believe (laughs) for an entire season that 
every single one of his actions and words, um, intentions was completely um, motivated by this super extremely, you know, hiked up inhibitor chip. And we, yeah, we, we've held out hope that everything could be tied up in a nice dainty bow at the end and you could get that removed or disabled or something. And here we are. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's actually so much more Star Wars this way, mm -hmm. I think, because Star Wars deals with real life situations and um, is very relatable and teaches lessons that we have to really, you know, wrestle with mm -hmm. in, in real life. Um, and life is not, you know, everyone has an inhibitor chip and you've got to remove it. And then once you do, everybody knows exactly which way is up and down. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, life is much more complicated than that. People are much more complicated than that. And why would a clone that we, you know, we've, we've had this whole long journey with the clones over the years, right, in Star Wars to see how individual they truly are as persons. And so to see Crosshair make a decision based off of many different factors that we've been discussing, you know, um, it, it does make sense. It does make a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, why... Why did he get the inhibitor chip removed? And was it maybe when he was injured after that engine, you know, combusted and he was burned and They seem to injured? suggest that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably... I mean, that's my guess. Um, the fact that he said long ago, I mean, we don't exactly get a sense of time, you know, with this story... Um, necessarily besides just kind of the the empire working um to phase out uh to Poca city and whatnot but um you know it i i really appreciated it i i loved the line where he says this is who i am mm -hmm. um because how often do we encounter people who i mean people embrace their their choices right i mean mm -hmm. the, people are free to choose. And oftentimes it is so frustrating <laughs> for us to embrace people when they have these choices where it's like, I really don't get you. I really don't understand how you've come to this conclusion and how could you betray me? Um, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are feeling that right now in many different areas of life. Um, so I, it just felt so relevant, so timely, so, um, just just wonderful. I appreciated it a lot as much as it was, you know, tragic and, and difficult. Well, it's one of those things, too, where, um, you know, we do spend so much time talking about the individuality of the clones. To have put that aside ourselves, right, as the viewer. Oh, of course, if he had the inhibitor chip out, he would be, you know, just like the rest of Clone Force 99. He would want to fight the Empire, right? But because they're all the same. And we weren't giving him credit for being an individual. And that was, it, it was a tough moment to have that pop up too, because you're like, oh, wait a minute. I, I really like this guy. I want him, you know, I want him to be back in the fold. But it, it, there are times, you know, there are times where with your family, you have to just say, you know, I love you, but I'm, I'm not going to have this discussion with you just because I don't, I know we're going to disagree. And I'm going to mm -hmm. love you still. But, I know we're going to disagree. Well, and um, <laughs> I think that Ome it's interesting because Omega, I'm, I'm curious about Omega's place. Mm -hmm. in all well, so like you said, Angela, like, you know, with, with that little detail of uh, Crosshair just kind of right on the spot, giving this order to, to send her off planet, showing this kind of concern for her in that sense. They haven't had much interaction, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> um, they haven't really had any negative interaction. You know, I mean, like, she was kind to him in the cell. She, you know, did, shoot didn't him. Really... she did shoot him early on. True. Like, that's the, that was her first encounter, right? <laughs> yeah, well, even, even, yeah, I mean, so, so it makes me, makes me like him even more. I mean, she didn't shoot the other guys, right? And, you know, some, they've had some arguments with her. No, but, um, but seeing that, that's an interesting 
I guess it, I don't know that it's so much a, a love or concern for her as, as like you were saying, like it made just to subtract her out of like she doesn't fit, you know, and he does practically, though, he does say and I, I, I take him at his word, you know, about like this is no place for her, you know, but what's also interesting is he doesn't know her. Mm-hmm. You know, he has no idea what her skills are. He hasn't been with her. He hasn't seen her earn her keep. You know, uh, he has no reason, I don't think, to really think of her as a as part of the team, you know, just even that experientially. So that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Although, I don't know, she did shoot him. So I feel maybe he respects her because of that, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We have to, we have to also, I'm sure his, on um, his knowledge that he's been, um, given access to in terms of, you know, the empire got all the data from, you know, the, the, uh, Kaminoan system. Right. And so they probably know who she is it, unless those were secret encrypted files somewhere that they didn't get access to. But, um, yeah, I, that, that was also kind of like a loose end for me. Like, Hmm, you know, where, where, who knows what Omega is and where, well, what does that circle look like? You know, and it's closing. Um, it's, a, a, you mm-hmm. know, Nala Say seems to be the only one uh, left that really knows what she is. Just, I mean, besides CF99, obviously. I loved how, you know, Tech, who's always, you know, he doesn't know everything, you know, but, but he usually does. And <laughs> I loved, I loved his like uncharacteristic kind of just exasperated comment when Wrecker, like she, she, she says about the, the backstory with them in this lab and Wrecker's like, is that true? And Tech's like, how can I possibly know that? <laughs> like that's like just a really like a complete humble, like, like, dude, I, I'm completely in uncharted territory right now with you, you know, which <laughs> is fun. And I did, by the way, I did fail to mention, of course, Omega's big thing. Wow, forgive me, but I, I kind of mixed up the order here a little bit. But of course, her plan, just a decent plan, but poorly timed, unfortunately, because they end <laughs> up having everything sorted out, more or less. But um, but it does come in handy a little bit, I guess, there. But she releases the training droids, like all of them. Yeah, I love AZ's <laughs> so line. Be... Yeah, if you, you may have gone a little overboard <laughs> right. with the training, <laughs> training droids. Yeah, yeah. Just she a starts bit. taking them out. But what you guys like? I I got really fired up. Like the hair went up on the back of my neck when that that moment when you know Hunter and Crosshair are fighting, and then you know just that practical moment where Crosshair's like, "Okay, we all have to work together right now," and like playing that Bad Batch theme. The first time we've seen them all fighting together, you know, since what episode? That first episode, really, yeah. right? Yeah. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a great moment, and it really was yeah. like they they really went with the um. The Avengers Assemble kind of feel for that one, you know, where it's like <laughs> totally. team got together. They were you, you, you still worried what the outcome was going to be afterwards, but you knew that for the rest of this battle, uh, they were back to being that unit that they always had been. Yeah. And might be again. I, I don't know. I can't help but wonder. Now, it's not over yet because they gave us a big cliffhanger, which we'll get to here in a minute. But uh, uh, we'll see. So but and, and I know, Angela, you and um, father were mentioning last week about hey, these guys are still using their stun, you know, the f- function right, on these right. blasters and not I just, Wrecker, not Wrecker. Well, oh. <laughs> Wrecker was shooting real, real bullets. He's, he's, <laughs> he was going for it. <laughs> But but I love that that we have that last little stand down. You know, Crosshair gets up, the the little battles uh, over. Turns around, realizes this isn't looking too good. But he he goes, he attempts. You know, like let's give it a let's give it a try. And uh, that's of course when Hunter drops him with a stun blast, which it seemed like it lasted a little longer than usual. I don't know. <laughs> it's just that little bit of like uh, <laughs> like bobblehead. You know, I think a, uh, a crosshair bobblehead would be a nice addition to the collection here, but you know, like just in a permanent collapse. But um, not surprisingly, I, I mean, I don't think did you, did either of you guys expect them to leave him there? I, of course, that's not no. them. They scoop him up. We're going to sort this out. That's, of course, when Hunter looks at the scarring from that that ion blast and everything uh, way back when that we're meant to believe had something to do with the inhibitor chip. Um, but they start to flee. That I want to. This is where I wanted to open it up for a couple minutes. I think here because this gets back to that aesthetic and the music and and sort of the legacy of Camino. For for my money, that that shot when they're fleeing was like one of the most cinema cinematic. What's the word I'm looking for? 
Cinematic. Cinematic. Oh, it's much simpler than the word I was attempting. <laughs> the, the cinematographic. cinematographic no. yeah. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, Cinematic one. moments. What do you guys think about that? Those those shots of all those iconic places around Camino as we're all kind of checking out for the last time, basically, <laughs> if I can put it that way. What'd you think of that? I thought it was eerie was the word I wrote down. Yeah, and I think they really did it for, especially for the um the people that really love the prequels i think it was almost like a goodbye love letter in a way to mm-hmm. the prequels yeah. in a sense because you know it was almost like a final moment to appreciate this place and all that it has given us you yeah. know and all that all those moments that have happened there you know it was just a a nice pause um to really appreciate what happens right as all of the destruction you know everything mm. comes down um so i i thought that was um definitely something that um that you know when when people make star wars they love star wars and i think they felt that that this was really appropriate at a time to really say hey let's show people you know just almost the sadness of this, but at the same time, like to revel in those, those times. And then it's just that much more heartbreaking at the end. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's one of those where the war, the war movies that do this really well. And this is, this is kind of broadening the the perspective out to the cinematography side of things is the war movies that do this really well is they have that, that contraposition of the, the beauty and serenity of a place with the just wanton destruction of war. And that was those shots where it just kind of moves out over the whole uh, facility. And then the Venators just ominously sail in through the clouds before they open fire uh, are such, it's such a great moment where it's just like this peaceful, calm place. Why would you, why destroy it? Why blow it up? Why not just repurpose it for something, use it for something else? You know, you've already taken it over. You've already moved everybody else, but that's, that's not the empire style. The empire style is we're done with this place. We're leveling it and we're moving on to our next thing that, that we're interested in. And, um, you know, Mike, you mentioned it or, uh, in the, in our, uh, in our feeds, uh, that moment when Tarkin, uh, gives the command and says, mm. you may fire when ready. And it's like, goes yeah. straight back to the death star. And that, yeah. that first time where we see that, happen. I think that was, Dom, yeah. Dom. Oh, Dom, was a Dom was that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh so my gosh. That was a great moment and just such a good tie in to, you know, how these guys think of things uh, and, you know, the, the bureaucracy of it, right. Where it's just like, you may fire one, right. It's so bored. It's, he's not even he's not even interested. Mm-hmm. He's not even like worried. He's just like you may fire when ready. You know, yeah. Have you have your you know, don't don't rush. Have your tea, right? We <laughs> get around to it. Just the destruction fire. will happen. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, and a couple things that that um that came to mind with that. First of all, I you know shameless self promotion for Thomas and I here. That that reminds me of the episode we did on secrets of movies and TV shows for the thin red line. Cause there that kind go. of thing <laughs> is all over that movie. <laughs> yep. So check that out if you haven't seen it, but, but also, um, the, um, <laughs> I was, I was trying to think of a, a different way to say it, but let's just admit it. This is the reason father's not here tonight. No, the, <laughs> the, the, the definitive, like the, the, the beginning of the end of this this location that came to such prominence in father's favorite movie right. that he is i gotta give him credit because we all tease him a little bit because i don't know i don't know if i know anyone else who who thinks that whose favorite star wars movie is episode two and man he i father i know you're listening to this god i mean i am so encouraged by like he does not shy away from making his case you know he makes yep. a really strong case for it so so we we our heart goes out to uh to father fett for <laughs> the beginning of the destruction of topoka city here uh which uh um which honestly like like you guys are saying it, it hit me because getting back to what we said at the beginning this right at the end introducing new layers to it and like this area that quite frankly you know i won't say i was bored with it but it's like what what more can i learn about camino now Right. You know, like, oh, yeah, Camino. And now it's like, wow, like, so, um, um, yeah, it's, it's incredible, um, what they've done here and to set to, to tee this thing up for next week. 
which I want to get your guys' predictions here in, in uh, just a second. One other thing I, I couldn't resist. This is just terrible of me, but I, <laughs> in the midst of one of the most dramatic moments here, as, there's, as basically Rampart has the... the and what are, they called? what are the ships called again? Tom, Ven- you mentioned Venators. Venators. That, they're so cool. I love how they're... We're getting a little preview, of course, the, that aesthetic again of, of those of those Star Destroyers that we all know from later on. But these remind me a lot of the, the cruiser that like Moff Gideon's in mm-hmm. a couple decades later, too. It's, it's, it's there's some similarities there, of course. But um, but I uh, I was laughing because Camino is just, you know, there's there is a beauty about it. But I'm like, it's just this constant stormy rainy dark right. kind of thing and 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 camino is so bright and i was laughing i was like can you imagine like the fortune you could make with seasonal effective disorder lamps at this place <laughs> you know because i was thinking of my friends from like the northwest and stuff and like when we were in seminary i was laughing because we had a really rough winter you know the year i was in seminary and they were they were telling the seminarians because we got snowed in over and over and they're like if you guys you know, we have someone you know a family you know seminarian mother somebody donated this this sad lamp and i'm laughing at the time like you got to call it like it has to be that acronym. Like, come on. And we're all like everybody. Everybody was laughing about it. Like every, seasonal affective disorder. And over like the next few weeks, you'd see guys like you're working with your door open to your room, like working on a paper. And you'd see a guy like just quietly like walking down the hall with it. Like he went to borrow it. Like you'd see yep. people going and borrow it. And it was like it, it works, you know. Mm-hmm. So but anyway, yeah. but <laughs> inside it's, it's it is it is very bright, very you know illuminated, which made it creepier, quite frankly, for me as they start <laughs> to blow this thing up. And it's like, yeah, I don't know if it's to their credit. I, I do wonder. I'm not saying I would want the Empire to do more brutal things. But what do you guys think is going on here with the, the clones that they sent away? You know, like we saw the like the kids go and it just makes you wonder because like these guys like in a few decades, they've got no qualms whatsoever about blasting Alderaan to a smithereen. So like, mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah, killing innocents like, you know, it seems like it would cover things up, but they did like they seem to have cleared everyone out, taken what they need for the research and then just it's an empty facility they're done with. So I do you think they I'm intrigued. Dull, they dulled it a little bit, you know, in doing it that way or, or I don't know. I wonder. Oh, no, I no. Filoni's got more of a story to tell. Uh, That's this what I'm is, thinking, yeah, because it really yeah. delivered, I thought, but yeah. Yeah, I, I'm wondering what they have done with them, because I, I don't think that's yeah. anywhere near the end of these guys, and what we're... I, I think, I mean, even even saying, even, even putting Filoni aside and just saying, okay, you can't just drop something like that and then leave it alone, but the really cool thing is, is that Filoni is not afraid of plowing new uh, narrative uh, tracks into star wars and this would be a huge narrative track to plow like what did they do with these clones when they replaced them with tks i mean there's all sorts of things like they maybe they maybe they sold them to the the spice miners and that's what populates the spice mines you Mm -hmm. know and that's that's there there's so many different things they could be doing with them and 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 they are a threat you know because even by the i mean they're more efficient they've even admitted you know or tech was saying that they're or Tech or Gregor, you know, right in that last episode, pointing out that soldier to soldier, these clone troopers are better than mm-hmm. the TK troopers. Right. And the Empire knows mm-hmm. that. So like, but then there's a lot of them out there. So they don't they can't just say, like, here's, you know, any, any military people out there know what I'm talking about. Here's your 214. Like, see ya. Like, you just right. handle your discharge paperwork and you're out like, well, that's they might follow that order. But then you have like a trained, you know, super soldier basically out there who if he starts to think that this is an unjust empire you know might be a threat i mean look at look at rex you know (laughs) that's just one dude gregor so yeah there's got to be a bigger plan here and the thing that i'm thinking is so there is a reason that clone force 99 isn't part of the rebellion and what we might end up having is a whole story of them going to free the clones as a group and then uh. instead of like joining the re- joining the rebellion or anything like that we're done fighting like they they all just decide collectively you know we're done with this mm. we're gonna go and they just outer rim you know they like just hop on a ship and go to the outer rim and live their life somewhere else and like a colony planet right. or something <laughs> no, <I don't> <laughs> and, and so that you know that's one way to that's that's one way to kind of wrap this series up without so you, so you don't interfere with the main storyline you actually explain why there's not clones everywhere in the main uh the main star wars story and you also have clone force 99 kind of tidily squared away with mm-hmm. with uh this group of clones that's gone off to do their own thing 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I tend to <laughs> I tend to imagine much darker things um, <laughs> because of the Nazi overtones, mm-hmm. you know, with right. uh, the empire. I tend to think, um, you know, they were very excited about having Nala say. Um, yeah. We see much later on in Mandalorian that there's still cloning technology happening. Um, they're still cloning scientists. Um, so it makes me wonder, <clears throat> um, excuse me, what they were doing with experimentation mm-hmm. um, and who they were experimenting on. Uh, that's a good point. Maybe not all of the clones, maybe some of them, maybe others they just sent off to do different missions that were doomed to fail, like on planets that they were going to blow up anyway. Um, something like that to where it was very much like you were saying, Thomas, that it's just dispose of whatever this is that we don't need or we don't want anymore. Um, so that's kind of my, my tendency to, you know, go that way. I, I really like your idea, Thomas. I just, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful um, for it. I hope this is a more positive story, right? (laughs) Yeah, it would be a great episode arc or season two. Um, So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We get like a uh, scene with all these these clones hanging up their armor like scarecrows in the field like Thanos, but minus the whole snap (laughs) thing. (laughs) That would be really cool. That would be really cool, though, like to have have them like, you know, we're done with this. We're moving on. We're going to go. Go make a farm planet somewhere. That's that's what we're going to (laughs) do. They they yeah, stumble just, into uncharted territory into chiss space or something, uh-huh. so then <laughs> and then we got a whole other realm <laughs> yeah. of uh, stuff coming in at us. Right? Yeah. <laughs> father, father and I are like you know chomping at the bit for like hey, Thrawn. It's always like that somehow it connects. I think we want Thrawn to be the Kevin Bacon of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> we're, probably, we're overdoing it a little bit, but. <laughs> Well, we have so again they they start blasting the city, and basically that's this big cliffhanger. You know, they try to go out onto the the landing platform. I forget which one of them yells for everyone to go back inside, but then we just see, you know, they go back in, doors shut, and we just see that dramatic image of Tipoka City just kind of caving in on itself and starting to sink. And we cut to a, a pretty quiet credits. There was music, you know, but it was a very very. Uh, Somber. powerful somber Sombers. yeah sort of scene so uh just maybe to by way of kind of wrapping things up and if you guys have any final thoughts or predictions about you know i mean it's pretty obvious where we pick up next week <laughs> but where we leave off you know in a half hour or less it'll it'll be interesting to see where this goes right i mean i i personally i don't even know if they had time to get back to the tubes mm. um just the way that it was presented which, you know, was strategic. You know, they they want to leave us hanging. They want to leave us wondering. Um, but, uh, you know, it makes me wonder if maybe they're going to have to live on the water for some while. Were they able to get a signal out to Rex? You know, um, there's, there's, there's some different possibilities there. Um, mm-hmm. But one thing that I will remember from this ending was omega's look on her face as she saw basically you Mm. know just her hometown her home Mm -hmm. planet just being destroyed and just that look on her face and then az just kind of dragging her back in um i wonder what kind of effect it's gonna have on her i mean it might as well be alderaan you know (laughs) like it's what do, do we know if there's anything else on this planet except that we City don't know complex. anything about this. I mean, this is the only part of the planet. Right, yeah. <laughs> the planet's not even in the galactic maps. So, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. What do you think, Thomas? Any predictions or? I don't know. I think there's still more to plumb from the storyline of uh, of what Nala Se left behind because uh, yeah. we only oh, yeah. got such a, a a tiny glimpse of it, and it was it was a lot. Like you know, there was a lot of in your face stuff. But the Kaminoans keep secrets, right? And Omega mm-hmm. seemed to be privy to a lot of those secrets so i really do feel like there's yeah, more for her <laughs> to do least, yeah. yeah there's we need to we need to learn some more about her because once you leave this place it's it's done there's not right there's no coming back to camino and and discovering something else it's it's that's it 
It's it's been totaled. So there's still got to be a little more for us to get out of that story before they leave. And so that's my my thought on it. And I I think Hunter might be in a not great mental space to be the leader. So she's going to have to pick that back up as we go into the, mm. this finale, which is good. I I want to see that. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I think that's going to be it from us for for now. Of course, I I can't wait to dive in next week. Sorry. Right? thrilling we have to wait until friday man come on (laughs) (laughs) sit on the couch for a you know a couple days and wait no so listeners uh what did you think of this episode of the bad batch so please let us know as always we'd love to hear your take on it so be sure to email us uh your comment on our facebook or twitter page let us know uh so i should say email us or also you can comment on facebook the twitter page you can email us any feedback at star wars at sqpn.com and find star quest on facebook at facebook.com slash star media and on twitter at sqpn We'd also like to uh, take a moment now to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including Brett, John M., Ryan C., Chris N., and John T. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also, be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous episodes of Secrets of Star Wars, please visit sqpn.com slash Star Wars. We will be back next week as we take a deeper look at episode 16, the grand finale of The Bad Batch Season 1. I don't know if we have a title on that one yet, but we'll see. So until next time, Angela Cialana, thank you so much for joining me in sharing the secrets of Star Wars. No pun intended, but it was a blast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, too soon. (laughs) Thomas Sanjaro, thank you so much as well. It was great being here. And once again, I'm Mike Creevy. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. 